0: Mike here doing a little overview of the politics, the news, etc. And let's start with uh, an overview from the world of sports. Riley Opelka, my nephew, playing down under, is in the semifinals of the Sydney Tournament. Now, that is not the Australian Open. The Australian Open, the gigantic tournament, starts next week. But this is the warm-up tournament where you go to try and get everything lined up ahead of the big tournament. So good luck, Riley. And a couple of other Americans still out there playing. Let's hope America has a good down-under trip. Also, 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 uh, we have to get into some of the politics from yesterday. There was just a whole bunch of politics. After Joe Biden gave that speech that a lot of us said was very divisive, even his own party is calling him out on it. Even important Democrat Democrats, Voices like Dick Durbin and that race hustler Al Sharpton didn't like the speech, and they're finding ways to say it without ticking off the president. Because you know, if you're in the same party as the president, you're not supposed to speak ill when he says something that's offensive. So, you had Durbin and Sharpton making some comments yesterday, and I have to tell you, I found it particularly enjoyable to see these guys having to squirm a little bit. Perhaps the president went a little too far in his rhetoric, but the fundamental principles and values at stake are very, very similar. If he was trying to get votes, it was not the vote-getting speech. I think he gave a you-going-to-hell speech. Oh, oh, that's it. Yeah, right. Uh, Democrats trying to cover for the president while also pointing out this was a horrible idea, this speech a really horrible idea. And Mitch McConnell, the Republican leader in the Senate, the guy who rarely says anything too controversial, he tries to stay kind of in the middle of everything without getting too far left or too far right. Mitch Mitch McConnell stunned me yesterday when he said this about Joe Biden's very, very caustic speech.
1: How profoundly profoundly
0: unpresidential. I did not recognize the man at the podium yesterday. Wow, so the minority leader in the Senate called the president's speech profoundly unpresidential. I wonder if Biden's gonna stop by Mitch McConnell's office today. You see the president's headed over to Capitol Hill today. He's gonna have lunch with his Democratic colleagues and try to uh, get them all in line for this big vote. They're going to have a vote in the House today to push the two voting rights bills together and then shove it over to the Senate. But no one's had time to read it, and God knows what they've sneaked into this bill. I hope the anti-filibuster crew, the breaking of the filibuster crew, still stays strong. Joe Manchin, Kirsten Cinema, we need you, so stick with it. There also was um, more blowback from um, the speech that Biden gave and more support, curiously, from Whoopi Goldberg. I thought this was really bizarre. Whoopi Goldberg on The View was talking about Biden's speech and the voting rights bill they're trying to push through, which really isn't a voting rights bill. It's taking power away from the states and giving it to the federal government and that means a whole lot of bad stuff will happen to voting in this country. All oh, The stuff we saw last time, like the, the unlimited mail-in balloting, no need to ever present an ID because to show an ID to do the most important duty you have as a citizen, well, that's racist. We all know that. And Whoopi Goldberg was on The View saying basically that she feels like she's still living in the time of, of slavery right after the Emancipation Proclamation. My jaw dropped. I still feel like suddenly black people still are where we were under the Emancipation Proclamation. Really? Really? So you who live the life of one of the wealthiest people in the country are paid millions and millions of dollars a year to be the host of a talk show. No one's telling you what to say. And uh, you can live wherever you want and do whatever you want. We live in a world where America had uh, recently a black president. There are important leaders all around this country who are people of color, all kinds of color. But Whoopi Goldberg still feels like she's living under the time of the Emancipation Proclamation. I don't get it. I really don't get it. I just think they're trying to separate us. And we can't take the bait. We have to remain strong and solid. <sighs> and then there was the inflation, which will be a topic all day. But Joe Biden doesn't believe the inflation numbers are real. He, he doesn't. He's got a, a problem with anyone who thinks the inflation numbers are negative. As a matter of fact, he, he brought out one of his old words from his campaign days, when he wanted to um, say that anyone who was mocking the inflation numbers or mocking him for not understanding the economy, well, they're definitely full of Most something. Most of the price increases we've seen are were expected and expected to be temporary. Oh, so the price increases, you expected the price of gas to go up 50% and home heating oil to go up 41% and the price of beef and chicken and fish and eggs to, to go up and for them to be in short supply you expected that seriously you really your policies were to make people have less money in their pocket is that what you're saying bottlenecks and price spikes will reduce as our economy continues to heal i hear republicans say today that uh, my talking about this strong record shows that i don't understand or that i'm not focused on inflation malarkey Oh, malarkey. Oh, my. You could just say a word instead of saying that you're doing something. This guy's in big trouble. His uh, poll numbers dropped again. 33% approval rating now. 33%. 25% of independents approve of this guy. 25% of Hispanics. He is in deep trouble, which means anybody anybody with a D in their political identity is in big trouble in the upcoming Midterm elections, really, really bad stuff. But they're still going to have the media on their side. The Democrats will always have the media on their side because all of those people in the high-powered positions in the media are Democrats. Those are their friends in office. Ted Cruz got tired of it yesterday. I was happy to see Ted Cruz kind of get all huffy and puffy yesterday. He was asked why he wasn't wearing a mask while he was standing at a podium delivering remarks and taking questions from the press. Why aren't you wearing a mask, Senator Cruz? Why aren't you wearing a mask? And he had to point out their hypocrisy, and I appreciate it. So you just asked, you people at the podium are speaking without mask. Just once, I'd like to see a reporter say to Joe Biden when he stands at the damn podium in the White House without a mask, Mr. President, why aren't you wearing a mask? Just
1: once, I'd like you to see you say to Jen Psaki, the White House press secretary, when she stands at the podium with no mask, Miss Psaki, why don't you have a mask? The questions are only directed at one side. And I got to say, the American people see the hypocrisy.
0: Yes, yes, the American people do. I loved it when he banged his fist on the podium. It's, it's getting very emotional there. Ted Cruz pointing out the mainstream media's hypocrisy is a, a brilliant turn back on that reporter Uh, we have so much more we have to get to today the mainstream media though appears to be finally finally understanding what so many of us understood last year or even earlier that a lot of what's been fed to us about the pandemic is bravo sierra it's not true it's absolutely not true Uh, jake tapper over at cnn may have seen the light Jake Tapper may have finally awakened from his near two-year coma about COVID. He had a kind of a COVID information coma. And he finally stepped up and said something that I can firmly get behind. Mr. Tapper?
1: 40% in some hospitals, 40% of the people who have COVID don't necessarily have problematic COVID. They're there because they got in a car accident. They're there because right. um, you know they, they bumped their head. And they're being included as in the hospital with COVID. That number seems kind of misleading.
0: Kind of misleading? That number is blatantly misleading. And we've been misled for a while. And I'm glad you're waking up, Jake Tapper. And the other one who uh, came out yesterday had some kind of crazy stuff to say. Gail King. You know, Gail King. She's big wig. Uh, Oprah's friend. She's tired of the pandemic, too. I'm so tired of being tired and afraid of this, I I am. I think we all have got to figure out how we can live our lives and navigate it. Yes, yes, that's exactly what we've been saying. Healthy people can live their lives, protect the unhealthy, but healthy people, get on with your lives. Thank you, Gail King, we appreciate you. This is such a treat. It truly is a treat. When I get to talk to Tracy Beans more than twice in a month, it is really great. And Tracy Beans from uncoverdc.com is here. And so I feel special. I feel blessed. I feel fortunate. Tracy Beans, I hope you feel the same now that I teed that up. I'm worried about the response. I do
1: do i love you mike so it's always always like the best part of my day having a chat with you
0: wow well that's very nice even if it's a lie uh we do uh have a great exchange of uh conversation and information when we have tracy on she's a real journalist not afraid of finding the facts and reporting them and tracy i guess the world we now have it on record The world is about 19 to 20 months behind you and UncoverDC.com. The story you reported on in March of 2020, everybody, March of 2020. We're coming up on a second year uh, anniversary of this story. Is now being reported in uh, big European newsletters about your coverage of when military personnel came back from an event in China and brought what looks like the COVID with them.
1: Yes, there was a ridiculous spike in influenza-like illness. The CDC was getting reports from all these laboratories that people were sick with some kind of virus, but it wasn't the flu. Because back then, they tested for flu, Mike, you see. And so they were testing all these folks for flu, and it was coming back negative And they were saying, you know you have some weird viral illness, we're seeing a lot of it, it's going around. Um, treat it like any other viral illness and off you go. And nobody knew that it was this big, bad, you know, man-made lab-created coronavirus that was spread at the Wuhan military games in China the last week of October.
0: Funny how that word Wuhan keeps popping up with bad things. And, and here we had American troops who left out of Kirkland, Washington. And went to Wuhan. They gathered there. Then they went to this global event which pits military activities of one country against other countries. It's like Olympics for military. And uh, they come home through the same base. And lo and behold, that was also the place where the first senior living facilities to experience outbreaks of COVID and uh, the first real loss of life that we witnessed
1: yes it was terrible um and you know the thing about it is when we first started reporting this of course we were slandered up and down and i gotta tell you i don't brag you know me um it's not my thing but everything that we've reported over the past two years way earlier than any in the legacy media is now being reported as though it's new Um, The way they're changing their ideas about masks and testing and hospitalized with and from COVID and all of it we've been talking about for two years, along with people like you, who's actually told the truth about stuff.
0: Well, I try because I have um, good education from UncoveredDC.com. And Tracy, when I mentioned that those military teams that met in Wuhan were doing like a military Olympics, that jumps me right over to the story you guys had yesterday that absolutely knocked me down because i worry about things like the Ebola virus and the Marburg and all these other deadly hemorrhagic viruses and you guys had a story about a hemorrhagic outbreak in China but it's called like the South Korean
1: hemorrhagic fever yeah it's very it's endemic to this region of China every single year so what we're trying to do in this aspect is get out in front of what could become some massive conspiracy theory that doesn't really root itself in fact. So there's been a lot of people talking about Marburg um, for, for months and months and months now because they've been peppering the word out there in in like, you know, journals and stuff like that. So people pick up on that and start to watch for it to show. But this is not that this is um tr- it, it is not, you know, transmissible between people. So it doesn't spread person to person. This comes from rodent droppings or rodent, you know, whatever they well, spread it.
0: Is it correct me if I'm wrong, because I am a freak about these kind of viruses, this single strand evil viruses that have lived for centuries. Uh, is it not mostly transmitted from rodents via fleas to people? So it is. There's a transport from animals to people, but it's uh, usually insect born or inhaled from. This is such a lovely topic for the radio, especially some people are listening, having breakfast, inhaling it from uh, their um, their feces
1: or eating it on their produce. Oh,
0: no, I didn't want to think about that as I'm staring (laughs) at my clementine ready to be peeled. I'll be putting it through the dishwasher.
1: A lot of farmers come down with this. And despite, you know, a lot of reports, it's not as deadly as, you know, you'd think it is, believe it or not. Um, not everybody dies from it. It, it and, and another thing is that, you know, we talk about when you talk about Marburg virus, because I did my research on this quite extensively, it has like an 80 percent fatality rate. And I spoke with a biochemist and bi- uh, biology um, doctor or doctor of biology today, Dr. Christina Parks and we talked about this and i said it wouldn't last very long on this on this earth would it i mean it would kill its hosts in 5.2 seconds you wouldn't have a pandemic like uh, SARS you know covid 2 if if this were if this were marburg and she said not in its current form no and usually it needs to spread with bodily fluids and it doesn't usually spread aerosolized so there's
0: that. Yeah, and and you know, just when you say not in its current form, when a scientist says not in its current form, then my brain clicks back to gain of function research where some of these evil scientists uh, a lot of them in the Wuhan virology lab were taking viruses and breaking them down and looking to add or subtract things from the viral DNA to weaponize them. So if if we're seeing an outbreak of a hemorrhagic fever in the region, I wonder if this was a leak of something that may have been investigated for weaponization. Uh, nope. But no, it's not. It's just something that's nope. been there and it's popping up.
1: Yeah, because it's been going on now for like about six to seven weeks over there. Mm-hmm. And if this were a community spread weaponized bioweapon version of this, of this virus, we would have seen it elsewhere in the world by now.
0: Yeah, and if it does parallel, if it's natural and it does parallel, every time the virus jumps from a victim, a host, to a new victim, it does diminish in lethality. That's the the factors on Ebola, which usually go 90% down to about 50% in the second transmission, down to about 20 to 25% in the third transmission. And then it goes dormant. And what we don't understand is why things like Ebola or Marburg Will then spike out of nowhere and come back with what they call a hot zone, which is the book everybody should read if you want to fully understand it. Tracy, I don't want to let you go without talking about the lead story uh, that caught my attention yesterday on uncoverdc.com, and that is a Wendy Mahoney's story about the uh, the attempts to federalize the elections by killing the filibuster. Now, the president made his impassioned speech in Georgia. He came back home and MSNBC seemed to be reporting that this was a fool's errand, that this thing is doomed to fail. Why is everybody putting so much air behind this, this story if it's in fact doomed? Is it going to actually have a legitimate attempt to nuke the filibuster?
1: Everything is all about optics and perception and peppering the public consciousness to get used to hearing something so that when it finally does happen, it's not... You know a big oh my gosh i can't believe this they're just they're just peppering the waters and they're throwing their idle threats out there because we know that they when republicans tried to do this what happened what happened <laughs> the, we uh, have cl- clips of mr schumer talking about <laughs> what happens
0: yeah i i as a matter of fact i might even have chuck schumer from 2007 saying that but uh i don't have it handy so you'll have to forgive me. but yeah i did have that But the other side of this is when Joe Biden was in Georgia and uh, he said that you either vote with Dr. King or you vote with George Wallace. You're saying you're either someone who's for civil rights or you're a racist. But when Joe Biden was running for president in 2007 for the 2008 election, he stood up in front of God and everybody in the media and said that uh, George Wallace often praised him. This was Senator Joe Biden. So he should be careful for using those references because he's a guy who claimed that that same guy that he told us, well, that's just a big racist guy, that he in fact had praised Joe Biden. It's this kind of madness I love.
1: Is he careful about anything ever, though? That's the real question.
0: <laughs> um, You know, I don't know. And that's why we have created a Joe Biden soundboard so that we can we can bring him up saying dumb things any time. Like, for example, I have 16 examples of this. Come on, man. Different. They're all different. Each one of them. And, you know, when he says dumb things like this. And
1: by the way, you know, I got a lot of, I got
0: hairy legs. Yeah. So, so <laughs> uh, I'll miss him when he's gone. You know, no, a, you you're right. I won't miss him for the inflation for the lack of of respect for the country, but I'll miss him for the comedy, because face it, the comedy is sometimes all we have. That's it. Indeed. Tracy Beans from uncovereddc.com. You're welcome anywhere I am on the radio anytime. I hope you know that.
1: Thank you so much. I love you, Mike.
0: Love you too. Mean it.